podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end, recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. My name is JJ Zacharyson, and I'm joined by my always lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, brother? Uh, not much, JJ. I actually, uh, I'm probably less lovely this week because of uh, maybe the worst uh, overall fantasy week that that I've had, and and not not in my selections so much as just running into buzz saws all week. Yeah, it was. It was Did you run into the the Eddie Lacy buzzsaw? Uh, no, but I ran into uh, Aaron Rodgers. I ran into. Oh, oh, oh! You're pl- okay. I got you. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I ran into Marshawn Lynch in like four leagues. It was I. I actually have to admit this, and and I said this on Twitter, so it's not like this is the first time. But uh, I I went O and seven in leagues this week wow man i had i had to be i mean to be that that happens it happens does it does it happen i mean it didn't it didn't happen to me i i actually i got super super lucky i had mjd i mean we've talked about my my home league you know with my buddies and whatnot and i have david wilson and mjd it's the only leagues that i have both of those guys the only league and I have both of them on the same team, but Yikes. I for, fortunately had Randall Cobb and Calvin Johnson and Julian Edelman, so I won still, nice. which was nice. Well, I uh, yeah. I lost by half a point uh, in a Yikes. last night because um, because freaking uh, Andy Dalton had to throw that last short pass to whoever he completed it to. Nice. That, that was that was the end of me. That that secured the zero and seven. You know. Well, I mean, I I had a horror. I was uh, you know I was at the game last night. And uh, that that wasn't fun. That was yeah. not fun for me. I mean, I mean, it was a good time. It was a good time. Don't get me wrong. It was just not not fun. At least Ben didn't get sacked forty six times. I mean, did James Harrison? Does he even play for the Bengals? I didn't. I know, it's, it's ridiculous, right? I mean, he that, he doesn't play, right? Does he? Yeah. I mean, it, it's it, it's really it was it was a very very interesting game. I I, I think the one thing that um, I mean, we'll get into it in a little bit, but. So, so two things happened to me during this game, right? The, the first one, uh, I, I get up to my seats. My girlfriend and I are sitting up top, and I sit down next to this one guy, and uh, he's a Bengals fan, nice guy, and we just start talking, whatever, and, and as the game starts, he, he looks over to me, and he's one of those guys that says the Steelers really need Mike Wallace because everyone thinks that the Steelers' offense is struggling because we don't have Mike Wallace, which is not true, and... And so I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm not one to really confront anyone, especially when it comes to football talk. It's just kind of awkward. And so I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then a minute later, I kid you not, after he says that, he says, yeah, I, I really like Mike Wallace. I own him in fantasy football. No. You know, I, I, I love I, – he's yeah, and then he's like, oh, I love fantasy football. I got, I got Aaron Rodgers 10th overall this year. And what? I just I, – I, I didn't know how do I respond to that. What do I say? I think you can so I just, only do one thing, which is light him on fire. <laughs> I was I was very close to doing that, but I but then I kid you not, um, we went and to the concession stand and got a forty six dollar beer. That's the second time I used forty six in this podcast, and uh, we got a we got a forty six dollar beer, and we went back to our seats. And as we're walking up, 
the person that was sitting next to us, not that guy, but the other guy, this other guy, uh, he, he vomited all over the girl in front of him. Wow. Like, 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 like she was covered in vomit. Did he realize what, what he hath wrought on himself with drafting Aaron Rodgers? (laughs) I I wish it would have gone on the Rodgers guy, but it was, it, you know, it it avoided him, but he, uh, that's, that's how much I care about late round quarterback. But uh, the the one guy that that did vomit ended up he was like leaving as we were coming up and it was just it was out of control that it was it was quite the experience last night and then to to see the Steelers just do absolutely nothing offensively in the second half was was a struggle for me to watch. Yeah, they, it's it's a uh, pretty abysmal. Like I, I don't know who I would play. I would use from the Steelers offense if I, you can. I mean, you can't. You you can't you, you Antonio Brown and Emmanuel Sanders have full point PPR value. I've been stressing that. I still think that that's fine, but I mean, I wrote an article today in my fifteen transaction piece where you just drop Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, he's he's not rosterable. No, he's just not. No, and and I mean like even in daily fantasy where you know right. I mean I'll, I'll scrape the bottom of the barrel to find a value, but I just don't see value there. You can't. I mean Todd Haley's. I mean, it's easy to blame the offensive coordinator, but Todd Haley's called a really, really poor couple of games. I've been a Todd Haley apologist, too. And, uh, you know, it, like the first drive of the game, you're, it's third and seven or something, third and six, and you're going you're gonna to run Felix Jones for the third straight play oh on and an opening drive away. You're not going to try to get a first down. I mean, you're, you're, you're essentially saying, I don't want a first down on this drive by giving Felix Jones the ball on third down. I mean, uh is Felix Jones? I mean, do you think he's worked a out person? in the past like eighteen months? No, there's not a chance. I mean, there is no chance. He's so slow. Yeah, and and it's it's crazy because he was returning kicks oh. for this for us. And, I mean, it was just the the whole the whole game was just dreadful. And anytime the one thing I know that we're talking a few minutes with the Steelers here, but but again, it, it helped. I think it helped pinpoint or us pinpoint some good streamers last week, but we'll save that for a second. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that I could not stand with the Steelers is that when they actually did spread the field with four and five wide receiver sets, Roethlisberger was actually not that bad. And it's, it's Haley's stubbornness at times uh, that, that, that gets us in trouble, I think. And, and I mean, there, there's a lot of uh, woulda, coulda, shouldas in that game yesterday, two, two bad turnovers, um, you know, that kind of stuff happens. And, and, and by no means am I saying the Steelers should have won that game. The Bengals are by far the better team. The Bengals are going to more than likely win the AFC North. They're the most talented team in the AFC North. And I think that they're, they're going to be handcuffed, though, in the playoffs probably by, by Dalton's play. Oh, yeah. Well, you give that team a quarterback, and, and they're a top yeah. three team instantly. Yeah. I mean, most talented team. I mean, you, you could argue they're more talented than even Denver in the AFC. Their defense, the defense is so good. So good. I mean, Dal- Dalton is Christian Ponder, maybe a, yeah. maybe a little better, you know, but not that much. Yeah, he's got. I mean, the weapons are there, but but that's the thing too. Let's go over. Let's go over some of the streamers. Let's just start with the tight ends because uh, last week I, I I mentioned the fact that the Steelers, uh, you know, we lost Larry Foot, didn't have a guy in the middle of the field, not only calling plays and being the centerpiece of the of the defense, but. Um, you know, it's not to say that Larry Foote's any good, but but it's that veteran leadership. We brought in a couple young guys, and as I noted on the podcast last week, the tight end, the, the Bengal tight ends were going to eat us alive, and they did. They combined for nine catches, 
132 yards. And Gresham, the play that, that, I, that I mentioned, had a 6-6-6 stat line, six catches for 66 yards. So basically he was saying that tight end streaming is the devil. Is the devil, right, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, it was good. It was, it was, it was, I was at least happy to see that, that my fandom didn't go to waste. <laughs> no, it's good. I actually have to commend you for being able to, uh, you know, see, see through the fanhood to, to see a weakness in, in your team. I don't, I really think a lot of people don't point that out, even, even when they know, you know, deep down that something is a weakness that can be exploited fantasy wise. Um, yeah, pointed out. So good job with that. I appreciate it. And and you know the the one interesting thing too is that on Gio Bernard's uh, receiving touchdown, he was in the middle of the field all alone. Oh, because because they, they we, the Steelers could not cover the middle of the field to save their lives. Yeah, no, and, and I think that's really something to watch out for with um, future pass catching backs against uh, that Steelers defense next, next week. Matt Forte. Yeah, because look at Bernard was standing. I, I actually saw this. Um, I mean, Dalton is just completely unaware of what's going on around him. <laughs> so um, uh, Bernard several times early in the game was just standing in space. I mean, just yeah. just begging for the ball. If if uh, Dalton would have dropped it to him. It, it, it's eight to ten yards just instantly. If he does nothing, it's it's eight to yeah. ten yards. So yeah. yeah, Forte could catch. A ton and of- Martellus Martellus Bennett obviously too is a, a must oh, play. Man. I think wow, next yeah. week. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm. I mean the the Bears are gonna. I'm actually going to the game too. To to that one, I'm driving to Pittsburgh this weekend. Wow. So you're wait. Are you going to the rest of the Steelers games? So- <laughs> yeah, I might as well just travel with them, right? It's such a. It's going to be such a great season. You might as well. It's going to be so much fun. There's no better season than to travel with them <laughs> than this season. If you like crying in the shower. <laughs> if you like crying, they're the worst team in Pittsburgh right now. It's crazy. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, some of the other tight ends we had. So you had Charles Clay. Let's talk about that, Charles Denny Clay. Man, talk about your boy. My boy. Uh, so I, I recommended him last week in my um, tight end streaming article on xnsports.com, uh, be, mostly because he converted five of five targets uh, in the opener and just you know looked like a security blanket um, uh, for Ryan Tannehill, uh, and you know I was really pleased with that. Um, but then he goes and vultures a touchdown. Oh, yeah. At the at the goal line um, in week two against against the Colts, um, which I mean he is a fullback by trade, so mm-hmm. that's it, that that's not so surprising. It's just that's very unexpected uh, for for him to to to, to take that role. And you know if he if he even has that vulture role semi regularly, then what? Awesome. I mean we're, we're talking about a, a weekly top ten or twelve option, right? Th- yeah, th- well, think about think about someone like, uh, you know, uh, uh, once once bye weeks hit and once more injuries occur, think about a guy like Mike Tolbert, who people are going in deeper leagues are going to start playing, hoping that he gets uh, opportunity on the goal line. He, I think he had six carries last week, but and D'Angelo obviously isn't playing as well as as some wanted him to. But mm-hmm. um, you know, think about think about the fact that you're going to play Mike Tolbert, hoping for a touchdown. Imagine if Mike Tolbert was also the best tight end on the team. Exactly. Yeah, and and beyond the the rushing touchdown, I got kind of caught up in that. Uh, Clay caught um, uh, five five of the seven targets he saw for 109 yards, um, and uh, just just continues to to post. Uh, you know, legit startable numbers. He was the he was the number three overall uh, tight end in in week two. That just blows my mind. But 
Yeah, and I do think I I believe that when Rumford Johnny was on on the podcast, he mentioned him as a guy yeah. to to watch out because it was right after the Dustin Keller right. season ender and and whatnot. So it's it's very. I mean, props to Johnny for that too. And yeah. and you know, it's that it's that that kind of sexy hybrid role that that teams are looking for in tight ends now. It's like that Aaron Hernandez role in a way uh, yeah. that Charles Clay has kind of taken on. He reminds me, and, and uh, Rich Rebar uh, said this the other day. Uh, he reminds uh, reminds us of uh, Marcel Reese from Oakland. Yeah, yeah. Um, just, Great just, just like a like a big guy who is surprisingly good with the ball in his hands, um, has mm-hmm. good hands. First of all, can catch and 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 make moves and create create for himself. Um, and clearly, you know, like when when Reese came in for uh, Darren McFadden during that stretch, he was a PPR just you know miracle. Right. And um, more than America, yeah, more, even more. And and Clay is um, <laughs> Clay is shaping up, not not to be quite, you know, that fantastic. But I I really think that if you have him on your team, it's hard to bench him at this point. He's he's going to see at this rate, he's going to see close to a hundred targets this year. I mean, yeah, h- how can you turn that down? And, and this this guy was drafted in no leagues, no right. leagues, right. And and it, and it's not to say I mean a hundred targets is a ton for a tight end. You you see, you'll see guys that that at best like you want like six or seven targets from from a streaming tight end you're hoping for. Mm-hmm. But if you're getting that consistently week to week, that's when you're um, getting almost a plug and play guy. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's really encouraging so, to know that that these guys crop up, and I think that Clay is definitely cropped up. And if you're in a deeper league like 14, 16 teams, and you have Clay. Then I would probably stop streaming for now because I don't think you're going to find a better option on the waiver wire. Yeah, it's becoming a lot uh, more difficult because, you know, we're, we obviously, you know, we're trying to dig deep uh, with our picks on this podcast, and it's so difficult with tight ends right now because there's so many borderline rosterable guys that we don't want to just say, uh, you know, start, start. I don't know, a low end tight end like Martellus Bennett when. Chances are he's he's rostered, but there's there's this very strange like uh, borderline area where a lot of those tight ends are going to be rostered, but sometimes they're not going to be rostered. So we can't cater to everyone. So instead, yeah. we're just kind of saying, "Hey, look, we're going to take the bottom of the barrel guys, and we're going to hope that they score a touchdown." Like Jordan Reed. Well, yeah, right. Like and and who I think you may have mentioned last week. <laughs> that was unbelievable. I can't believe he scored a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the 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 uh, you know Washington is becoming uh, really like uh, garbage time heroes here. I mean, right? They're they're, right. they're posting so many enormous stat lines just in pure garbage time for two straight weeks. Yeah, and and you know the the Jordan Reed and I even mentioned it on the on the podcast yesterday. It was a reach, or not yesterday, last week. It was certainly a reach, but at the same time, you're seeing a trend in in Washington where. They're involving him more in the offense. He's he's out targeted Fred Davis. He's caught, uh, I think, eight of his nine targets this year, uh, compared to Fred Davis's uh, like three catches on six targets or something like yeah. that. Um, I, I mean, he's it, it's pretty clear that they're moving in his direction, and and, and the fact that they played uh, Green Bay, who you know you're gonna have to keep up with that offense. Right. Uh, that, that that's part of the reason why uh, I did target Jordan Reed. Now it was very 
fortunate that he scored a touchdown, and I was excited when it happened. Denny and I were because it was right. I think it was like very close to when Charles Clay yeah. uh, scored scored, and we were just going back and forth on Twitter with it because it's it's hilarious when stuff like that just just kind of yeah, happens. But happens. But I, I mean, because part part of it part of it is luck, of course. But you know, part of it is is you're you're making educated guesses with these tight end picks. I, I actually think that that the recall is is more than luck. I don't. I think you're selling yourself short there. I mean. It was clear that against Philadelphia, he is at least, I mean, I'm sorry, at best, I didn't even mean that, at worst, <laughs> um, <laughs> on on a kind of an equal playing field with Fred Davis as far as right. uh, RG3's preference for him. And that was just week one. I mean, you know, uh, um, as, as the comfort level grows and as he shows what he can do, um, mm-hmm. I think that that was, that was actually a really good call. And, and Green Bay is not traditionally great against tight ends. So mm-hmm. um, I think that that's just the sort of thing that we're looking for when we look for streaming tight ends. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a situation like you see in Cincinnati, just not on as big of a scale in terms of uh, tight end uh, talent in, in Washington. But but at the same time, if Washington continues to go, to, uh, go down in games the way they are, I know that they played probably the two most potent offenses in the NFL uh, the first two weeks of the season, which certainly – helped in garbage time but but again that's that's what you kind of target with these tight end streamers yeah um so your your last guy you had you had uh chandler correct scott chandler who was targeted in the end zone a few times correct yeah i think he got two or three red zone targets against carolina and 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 they were all against these like these like little little uh you know bug size cornerbacks and he's this giant tight end and Emmanuel overthrew him twice. I think he dropped one, um, but I mean, basically, when I when I looked at Chandler's prospects, uh, it was basically a touchdown or bust for him. Uh, sure. So yeah. that's how it is with him all the time. Yeah. Right. So I mean, you know, he's not he's not a guy who's just gonna like like eat up chunks of yardage over the middle or down the seam. He's he's gonna score he's gonna score you like seven or eight points or yeah. or two. So yeah. um, that that didn't work out, but. You know, I actually I'm really happy if if I can spot one or two um, good solid tight end streaming options per week, um, and so you know I think you know with with Clay and with with your read, um, I think that that's that's really what we're looking for. Yeah. I mean, it, this is this is a, it's a tough business to to look at the bottom of the barrel with tight ends and yeah, say right, right. say oh man this guy has top ten potential and really mean it. You know anybody can say it. That, well, especially as tough. as the season, yeah, especially as the season progresses, and you, you, you know, we're getting more information as the season progresses, but at the same time, uh, more people are going to be aware of certain tight ends, so those tight ends aren't going to be be available. Well, it's like Julius Thomas; like he was, he was right. a one week streamer. Yeah, yeah, right, and that's just it's it sucks. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah, we we, about, we lost him. So uh, the defensive streamers last week, you had Oakland, New Orleans, and Baltimore, correct? Yeah. And I think all of all of them finished as, as top twelve uh, yeah, options. That's right. That's right. Uh, I was I was really happy to see that um, Baltimore was kind of my, my my strongest play, and and they ended up with twelve points in standard leagues, um, which finished seventh, just behind the Bears. Um, and then Oakland and New Orleans both scored nine points, um, which put them. I guess tied for eleventh, just um, actually tied for tenth with with Detroit. Uh, Detroit had nine points also, so um, you know I, I mean I I think that that's uh, 
that that's really encouraging that those those sort of matchups are on the wire. I was a little nervous about the Saints, but I think that they might be a legit option th- this week again. Um, I don't think that they're you know the pushovers that we remember them as last year, which is um, unfortunate because it was so easy to target them from you know target their defense last year. I don't think it'll be that, that easy this year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So those are definitely three good uh, three good picks of defense last week. Obviously, you're you're killing the defensive streaming again this year, which is what what kind of spurred all of this in a way. Right. Well, I mean, I, you know, it's it it is something that I uh, I was doing before uh, I was even writing about it. You know, I was yeah, just doing right. it for my own edification. So I was, uh, yeah. Melissa just called me a hipster, so I guess that's what I am. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, quarterback wise, so last week I had Terrell Pryor. Ugh. That sucks. I'm looking at I'm looking at numbers now. Terrell Pryor finished with ten standard fantasy points, which that's without a touchdown. And and I'm I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of all right with. I mean, obviously the logic was there with Pryor uh, and playing him against Jacksonville. But one thing that I think that we do need to to point out here is that we might not want to target Jacksonville's defense anymore in terms of quarterback streaming. Yeah. And the reason for that is because. They're, whatever team they're playing against is just going to run the ball and, and run down the clock in the second half because that offense, that Jacksonville offense, is not scoring. Yeah, I, I actually I wrote, I wrote that uh, in my 4-for-4 four four column this week. I said, uh, uh, game flow killed the fantasy star, and uh, yeah, yeah. you know, as the 80s song goes. And uh, I thought that that's exactly what happened to Pryor. You know, he, he didn't need to do anything. The Raiders no. the Raiders didn't need him to run around and and nope. uh, and uh, rack up yardage, so he didn't. And that's unfortunate, but that's the kind of stuff that is unpredictable to a point. Now you have right. you you have a great point in saying maybe Jacksonville is a streaming killer right now yeah. because that because you know there's just so little to do. Like Alex Smith in Week One looked like he was on his way to 300 yards and three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But he had he stopped at what like two two like two yeah like two twenty five two fifty with two touchdowns and he he could have easily scored three in the in the yeah. in the second by the end of the first half I mean it was yeah. it was just out of control how how easy it was for them to score um, but but I think that's just that's something to keep in mind is that it's not always about um, playing against a, a bad defense or a bad team. It's about understanding what that other team's offense can do, which which also plays into what we were just talking about with uh, playing a tight end against Green Bay and, and the fact that you might get some garbage time out of that and why Jordan Reed scored. You have to pay attention to that kind of stuff uh, because it's real yeah. and it and you can really uh, you know get get some garbage time points, which are the same thing as real points. They, they all count the same, even if they're ugly. They, that's right. So I had... I had uh, I had Pryor who who didn't do very well. I had Flacco who salvaged his his performance. He had 13 fantasy points, which was better than Drew Brees and Carson Palmer and Tom Brady and Russell Wilson. Um, and then I had Jay Cutler who who played very well. He had three touchdowns, uh, but he turned the ball over three times as well, which it was a very Cutler esque performance. But um, you know he was he was a very very good. I think he was like a top maybe a le- ranked 11th or 12th last week in terms of fantasy points. It was a Kind of a rough week, and I mentioned it last week. Kind of a rough week in terms of uh, quarterback streaming. But you look across the board; it was kind of a rough week for quarterbacks in general. There was a lot, a big group of quarterbacks that scored between thirteen and twenty points. Yeah. So, 
So you weren't necessarily gaining a huge advantage anyway unless you had Aaron Rodgers and Michael Vick. Mm. And, you know, that's only going to be – chances of, of you playing against them is, is only going to be probably 1-12, 1-14. Yeah, well. Uh, and, then, and then the other guy that I just kind of threw in there was Chad Henney, who got some garbage time at the end of the game and uh, salvaged his, his uh, week as well. He had 15 fantasy points, 14.5 fantasy points. Uh, I, had him, I had him in some daily leagues, actually, yeah, for FanDuel. So I – he saved me some money with that uh, late touchdown. Yeah, um, you know, I, I I did mean to mention this on the on the podcast last week. I was really hoping Mercedes Lewis would be healthy last week I know. because yeah. the, the Raiders are truly terrible against tight ends, which really mm-hmm. actually I think makes Julius Thomas like a crazy Beast, high play yeah. this week. Um, and so I was hoping that he would uh, would be healthy enough that Lewis would be healthy enough. But I didn't know, and and no one seemed knew who would be the pass catching tight end uh, right. if Lewis sat. So I was hesitant to say, um, you know, target this Jags tight end or that one. But Clay Harbor apparently is the guy. If if, if uh, you know, if you're wondering, that sounds like a vacation destination, doesn't it? Clay Harbor, the beautiful like a, Clay Harbor. Like I'm going to Clay Harbor with my family this weekend, guys. All right. <laughs> I was thinking. I guess oh. I was thinking more of a. You, you were thinking more uh, Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> Clay Harbor, <laughs> where blood flows like wine. I <laughs> Clay Harbor, something like that. Oh man! So those were our streams last week. I'd say we did pretty well. Not as good as week one, but because uh, week one was just epic. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if we'll ever get to week one again, but it was good. <laughs> very salv- It's very salvageable. If you if you played any of those guys, you you didn't lose. Right, it, I think that's that's actually the new tagline tagline for the podcast, uh, "Living the Stream," where we probably don't lose. <laughs> Play our guys, and you probably won't lose. We're salvageable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Oh man! All right, well, let's get into uh, some week three streaming options. Denny, why don't you tell us some defenses to stream this week? Defenses. All right. Well. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm. There, there are actually a lot, but I'm gonna just uh, stick with two that I wrote about. Wrote about for the FakeFootball.com today. Um, I have the Vikings defense at home against the Browns as a top three option this week, um, yeah. and I really do. I, I really am very confident in them over a lot of um, you know elite defenses that people might feel uncomfortable benching, but. Um, here are some stats that, that really just uh, kind of blew my mind when I was looking at how, how inept the Cleveland offense has been. Um, they are 32nd out of 32 teams in pass blocking. They're 22nd in run blocking, and their overall offense is, is 30th, according to Pro Football Focus. Okay, So uh, let, me just, let me just tell you if I can how bad their pass blocking has been. Uh, Brandon Whedon, who, by the way, is probably not going to play this week, leaving Jason Campbell or Brian Hoyer as <laughs> as the starter. Uh, but anyway, Whedon, so far this year, uh, has been hurried uh, an incredible 42 times in two games. Okay, 42. Unbelievable. That's, that's just crazy. I mean, some quarterbacks will go six games without being... He's- He's constantly scrambling. Yeah. So 42 hurries, that's led to 20 quarterback hits and 11 sacks, okay? Uh, it's, uh, it's been a disaster, uh, um, you know, defending 
pass rush and and the pass rush and uh, uh, the Vikings do that really really well. Um, mm-hmm. So that's um, they have the sixth best pass rush in the league, and you saw them get to Jay Cutler a few times and and wreak created uh, turnovers, wreak havoc. Yeah. So um, I the best part is you know they that front that that front four of the Vikings gets to the quarterback without. You know, without the team having to send the house on a blitz, you know, yeah. leaving uh, leaving guys uh, in single coverage. So that's um, that that's a huge plus. I don't care who starts at at, at quarterback um, for the Browns. Uh, they're they're toast in this game. Yeah. Uh, and and I mean, so maybe the Vikings will find a way to lose with Ponder and everything. But um, but I really have a lot of faith in the Vikings. Uh, what? Well, yeah. Yeah, and one one thing to actually two things is the first is with Josh Gordon coming back. I'm more and more afraid of what's going to happen with him be, because they can't protect Brandon Whedon, and you know that Josh Gordon banks on that deep ball. And I mean, obviously, I think that Josh Gordon will certainly open things up more for the offense, but that offensive line needs to get better. That's that's the first thing. The second thing, if you're zero and two right now and you really need a win. And you let's say you have uh, you you do a free agent auction budget um, off your wire. Don't be afraid to spend a lot of money on Minnesota this week because I think that they're one of the few defenses we'll see all season long potentially. That I mean, there's obviously going to be some great matchups as as we move forward. But you know, Seattle this week is the clear number one play on defense against Jacksonville. But you're not going to be able to stream them because they're owned because they were drafted in round negative three. But what does that mean? (laughs) <laughs> they were they were they were keepers oh gotcha no i just i don't know but they they i mean they're obviously on on teams <clears throat> and but but with with regards to you needing a win minnesota's defense is perfect this weekend yeah oh oh yeah no and i, I really would um as much as you can sell out to get a defense off the, off the waiver wire i i would with minnesota right. um yeah and if you don't uh, end up with them i actually just wanted to briefly talk about the giants uh, at, Car- at Carolina, um, uh, I know. Look at the Giants have been just roasted. I I get it, and and I know it's tough to play a defense that has you know currently has two fantasy points this year. Um, so that's that's understandable. Um, but uh, I I have them as a top ten play because uh, the one thing that they've done well this year, and I know it's a really small sample size, so, you know, bear with me here, but, um, uh, pro football focus has them ranked second, uh, as a second, uh, best run defense in the league. Um, maybe that's because teams have just torched them through the air. Probably that, that is true. Um, they, they have, uh, and, and they have a bottom five pass rush and the 24th ranked, uh, pass coverage in the league. So they're really awful against the pass so far very stout against the run um now luckily for them the panthers uh only you know only do one thing well and that's run the ball uh their pass game has been anemic this year um they are averaging 178 yards through the air per game over over two games uh you know less than six yards per attempt for cam newton uh this is the 27th ranked passing attack in the league so um the giants pass you know pass defense flaws uh won't defensive flaws won't won't be uh the hindrance that they usually are against legit uh you know passing attacks this week and uh so that's why i think that they can go in there 
going to Carolina and be a top 10 fantasy defense. Nice. I like it. I like the, uh, the reasoning a lot. Do you have a, a third one that you want to share? Um, well, th- there are uh, a bunch, and, and I, might, I might write a little more, uh, a, a couple more entries into my fake football um, uh, column this week. Um, but the your uh, journal, my, my journal, and then yes, and, and then publish it from uh, under my bed. Um, <laughs> but um, the, the Jets, I have them ranked eighth overall uh, this week, and the Bills, I have as the 12th ranked uh, defense just because <laughs> of that turnover potential that the Jets, um, you know, yeah. seem to represent. So, uh, th- those are those are two that jump out to any others that uh, come out to you as uh streaming place no i mean the the minnesota one is is the obvious call this week uh and that that's what i'm targeting off the wire hopefully people that are in my league aren't listening to this but from a like i said from a free agent auction budget perspective i'm fine with spending like 10 bucks on them oh yeah if if you need a win it's i'm, I'm fine with that out of 100 of course sure but sure um you know don't i mean i, I never really go crazy on defenses uh off the wire because you know I have you, <laughs> right? And and you could just you could just text me at four o'clock in the morning on the, <laughs> on, right. uh, on you know the night before game day and be like, give me five options right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, th- those those all seem very reasonable to me though. All right. So all right, quarterback time. All right. Uh, the first guy I have, I think I think that he he could easily be a uh, a QB one this week, and that's Alex Smith. Um, he's, he's facing the Eagles on Thursday night. That's, that's a little bit frightening. I hate banking on guys that are playing Thursday night games because crazy things always happen on Thursday night. Like we saw with Tom Brady and Steven Ridley last week. Uh, but, but again, the, the Jets defense is a lot better, uh, than, than I think a lot of people expected. But, uh, Alex Smith this week is playing Philadelphia who, according to number fire metrics, uh, ranked 28th in efficiency this season in, in past defense. And over the last two weeks, have given up almost 750 yards passing. Wow! Wow! He, Philip Rivers had 419 and three touchdowns against against them last week, mm. which which is just out of control. And and again, this is this goes back. It's it's almost a theme to this podcast, but it's it's targeting a guy that's playing against a an offense that's going to create opportunity for the other offense. And it's going to potentially create garbage time opportunity. Who knows? It's going to be really interesting to see how Kansas City's defense, which looks great so far, uh, and how they perform against against Chip Kelly and, and Michael Vick. Yeah. Uh, but but I do I do think Alex Smith has uh, a couple touchdowns in him. I would not be surprised if he reaches 300 yards. Uh, obviously, it's not a vertical team as much as uh, you know as much as you might have seen from uh, San Diego or even. Uh, Washington the week before that against Philly, but but I do think that that Alex Smith uh, will have a nice day, and then obviously Dwayne Bowe as a result of that. Uh, this the second guy I have is uh, a guy that you know I again I wasn't super super high on Alex Smith entering the season. I wasn't low on him. I thought that he would be a great streaming option, which he's he's proven to be. But I think he's even out outdoing what I thought he would do. Um, but but another guy that's doing more than I thought he would, and and you know I think that he had the potential to is Sam Bradford. Uh, you know he might not be available in in your league, but according to ESPN he will be because ESPN's uh, ownership numbers are, are bizarre. Uh, but you know he he gets Dallas and they gave up 450 yards to Eli and four touchdowns in week one, and then obviously 
they just gave up 223 and two to Alex Smith. Um, so Bradford's actually had uh, some of the highest attempt numbers in the league so far. Uh, a lot of that has to do with the fact, I think he threw 57 times last week against Atlanta, but a lot of that had to do with the fact that they went down early in that game. So they were forced to throw the ball a little bit, uh, man, that, that, uh, <clears throat> that dump off to Daryl Richardson, I don't know if you saw it or not, where, where Richardson, Richardson dropped it and Atlanta picked it off and just went to the house, which is why Richardson might have uh, not, not seen as much uh, action as, as most expected. And as Isaiah Pede actually saw some snaps, and so did uh, Cunningham in, in, in St. Louis. But um, I, I, obviously Bradford has the weapons around him. I think the, they're all performing pretty well. It, it's the, the thing with uh, with – St. Louis, it's almost like Denver on a smaller scale where you're not going to know which guys hit or miss in a given week. And it's just, it's, it's, it's even more exaggerated in St. Louis because the talent isn't nearly as great as it is in Denver. So outside of Bradford, obviously, you know, if you're, I'm, just because I like Bradford doesn't mean I like Chris Givens or doesn't mean that I like, um, you, you know, Tavon Austin or anything like that. But, yeah. Yeah. but I, I do love, I do love Bradford this week against Dallas. I think yeah, and and uh, I think that just like um, we can benefit from elite quarterbacks like like Peyton Manning and Drew Brees and, and whatnot uh, by drafting their pass catch, pass catchers, I think we can also benefit from from a good stable of, of pass catchers by drafting the quarterback. And so yeah. and so it's kind of reversing that formula. Yep. So you know we all together, at least I I think kindly of uh, you know Givens. Cook, uh, Tavon Austin, uh, Brian Quick, all all those all those guys uh, in St. Louis. I don't know which one is going to have a big week when, and I don't want to guess. But but I would like to uh, sort of uh, absorb some of that fantasy production uh, that that I believe the Rams will have throughout most of this year by just you know plugging and playing Sam Bradford in, in some games. So yeah. I think that this one does stand out as one where where he might throw a lot. Yeah. Um, in a potential shootout. So, yeah, I mean, just take advantage of it. Yeah, totally. Uh, the third guy, and again, it's the theme of, of this podcast. I'm going with Andy Dalton against Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay gave up 412 yards and three scores to Kaepernick week one. And then, obviously, last week in a lot of garbage time, they gave up 320 and three to, to RG3, which is insane to think that RG3 put up those kind of fantasy numbers uh, after the way that, that game started. Um, so I, I, I like Dalton, uh, in Cincinnati against green Bay. I think it's going to be, uh, a fairly high scoring game, even though Cincinnati's defense is strong. Aaron Rodgers is just playing lights out right now. Um, which is, is pretty normal for him, obviously. But, uh, I, I like Andy Dalton a lot to, to, you know, have to keep up the pace against that potent offense of green Bay's. Did you get any troll tweets about Rodgers going crazy? Uh, I, I didn't actually, I think people were smarter. I think that they, they, uh, you know, it, it's kind of tough to make that argument when, um, you know, you look at the, the leaderboard, uh, quarterback leaderboard last week I have in front of me, you have Aaron Rodgers, of course, having the, the best quarterback game last week, Michael Vick's right behind him. Then Phillip Rivers, then Sam Bradford, a little bit lower than that's Alex Smith, Matt Schaub, Jay Cutler. And that alone, I mean, it's it's incredible. By the way, Matt Schaub, my boy, is killing it. Man, love it, love it, love me some Matt Schaub. That was your first article for Number Fire. That was. It's my boy, man. Been uh been high on him for a while now. But um 
Yeah, I mean, like, it, it's it's so obvious that, that the position is so deep that I think the trolls have kind of stayed in their caves. <laughs> under is their that, bridges. Yeah, I, I don't know why I said caves, not under their bridges. Well, you know, I'm sure it's, I'm sure, sure there are some of the troll population in caves. <laughs> I think so. I mean, it just seems reasonable for them to be there. But, yeah, uh, and, and there's guys. I mean, it's incredible that it's, it's almost as if every single uh, NFL quarterback is, is usable. Other than Ben, other than Ben Roethlisberger, uh, right? <laughs> so Chad Henney is better than. Yeah, write that down, everyone. Chad Henney greater than Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Greater, so those greater, greater. those are the three: uh, Alex Smith, Sam Bradford, Andy Dalton. I like them. Good. They're very very safe this week. I this the quarterback streaming is is pretty easy this week. Yeah. Well, I mean. Yeah, Carson Palmer jumps out to me too, but then again, it, without Fitzgerald, we kind of saw how saw ordinary that offense looks. Yeah, that was tough last week. Man, it was. Yeah, but all right, well, uh, let's get into some tight ends. You got a tight end you wanna you wanna share? I do. Um, well, you know, I I know this this sounds kind of, maybe kind of cheap because I, I recommended him last week, sort of as sort of the primary target for tight end streamers, but um, I'm going with Charles Clay again as my top. Uh, streaming option because um, he's owned in less than one percent of NFL.com leagues as wow. of today. So he's owned in in basically no leagues, none. And so I guess the most look at he's going to that's going to change tomorrow when waivers process. I get that. Hopefully, but but look at I mean what what, what do you think it'll it'll increase to maybe twenty five percent? I'm sorry. I, I think I, I honestly right, right. But I honestly think a lot of it is that people are going to say, "Who the hell is Charles Clay?" and they're not going to pick him up. The, yeah. The, the average fantasy owner is not going to realize Charles Clay's value. Well, absolutely. I, yeah. I, and I think that yeah, j- just the name, the lack of name recognition. Yeah. The, well, the lack of awesome name. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's, it's not, he doesn't have the last name Fleener or right, Eifert. It's, 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 no, it's uh, Charles Clay. It's no. It's no uh, Cl- uh, Clay Harbor. <laughs> yeah. Right. He doesn't have a, a vacation destination named after him. Yeah. No one wants to go to Charles Clay. <laughs> no. Uh, but uh, just just a, a, qu- a few quick notes on his numbers so far. Um, first of all, I didn't know this, um, but the Dolphins' a coaching staff. Um, expressed concern about his week one uh playing time wow yeah they they said that 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 he had way too many snaps and that they really need to address that in future weeks and then they and then they didn't so maybe they realize i don't i don't really know like like okay he stood out in week one as a as a highlight as a as a you know great little surprise in your offense and you're going to say, well, we have to get less of that then. But (laughs) um, (laughs) that's, that's the Dolphins way of life. Oh man, that, that franchise. But, um, uh, okay. So, um, just, just using the, the fantasy points per route run, uh, metric that, that we work with, uh, at XN sports, um, uh, clay is, uh, averaging a kind of a crazy 0.41, uh, FPPRR. I know that's a mouthful. Um, so basically, it, um, uh, that that is way beyond the average of a tight end, and 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 it will come down. I mean, obviously, yeah. he's not going to maintain that, or else he's going to put up you know Gronkian numbers this year. Um, but he, even if it drops to point three or just around point three, um, he would be projected to score 
uh, you know, upwards of eight fantasy points in standard leagues per right. game. And really, I mean, what you know, would, would you would you be so devastated with an eight point uh, game, eight point average from uh, from Charles Clay? You know, he's running twenty six routes a game, pass routes a game. So uh, the opportunity uh, is going to be there. Um, and he goes up against an Atlanta defense um, that shut down Jared Cook, but really focused. I don't know if if you read much about it, but uh, really focused on shutting him down. Really. Uh, beat him up at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. scrimmage um, employed uh, de- deployed a bracket coverage against him in much yeah. of the first half, and um, uh, th- you know they're not going to do that to Clay. I mean, at least I don't. I wouldn't think so. Uh, so you know, d- the the Falcons have given up twelve receptions to tight ends through two games. I think I think Clay can continue his nice little run here. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. I'm I. Like I mentioned earlier, I have waiver claims out for Clay right now in a, in a few leagues. Yeah. Um, and then uh, just real quick, two, two other guys who, you know, these both these guys have asterisks by their names in, in my uh, um, tight end streaming column because uh, Vance McDonald, who is the, the backup, basically the second tight end. Can we, can, we just, can we just ask why his name is Vance? Vance. It's like it's like the, the, they tried to to name him Vince, but had this really bizarre Southern accent. Right, <laughs> Vance. Uh, I I've always wondered if you know people who name their kids Van. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like Van Morrison. Yeah. Right. 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 I mean that happened. So I'm sorry if if someone out there is named name Vance. Vance I'm really Cha- sorry. No, change your name. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Just kidding. Oh, just kidding. Just JJ's kidding. Brutal. My name's, um, I go by JJ. Are you serious? <laughs> um, so uh, th- this this all hinges on whether Vernon Davis is available um, after uh, leaving the Seattle game last week early. Yeah. Um, but uh, McDonald, uh, you know, turned a lot of heads in OTAs and training camp uh, when he was serving as uh, the primary tight end while Vernon Davis worked. Uh, primarily with wide receivers for for some of the offseason uh, uh, workouts and practices, um, he has a sort of surprising speed for a big guy, six four two sixty four, um, and uh, he just for what it's worth, um, uh, Colin Kaepernick connected with McDonald uh, for a nineteen yard gain uh, shortly after uh, Vernon Davis left the Seattle game, so. Um, you know, uh, I think uh, you you could do a whole lot worse, and and the Colts are uh, not exactly world beaters when it comes to covering tight ends. Right. So um, uh, he's a, he's a guy probably for deep leaguers. And again, if Vernon Davis plays, uh, you know, no bueno. Just just bench uh, right. McDonald. Don't even don't even uh, worry about him. But um, same goes for Kobe Fleener, um, right. who uh, was was one. Um, you know, one called back touchdown away from being, uh, you know, tight end number two. Yeah. Uh, that this week, um, you know, as as it was, he was um, what was he, uh, tight end five, I think. Yeah, something like that. Um, and and uh, the basically he sees just as uh, just as Dwayne Allen uh, sees a, an opportunity spike when when one is sitting last year. Fleener missed a couple games, and Allen became a viable fantasy tight end. And then, you know, this the 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 opposite happened uh, last week. And it seems like Allen is sort of a fifty-fifty shot to play this week 
against San Francisco. So um, if he doesn't play, then uh, I don't really see any reason to um, uh, to you know to leave Fleener um, on the waiver wire if you if you're if you're looking for a better option. Um, he played eighty three percent of the Colts' offensive snaps in Week Two uh, compared to seventy percent in Week One. So that's the kind of opportunity spike. Um, he ran thirty six routes with with Dwayne Allen sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's a lot. I mean, that, yeah. that that's a lot of opportunity there. So, uh, you know, give him a look, and and if and if Allen sits, I think that I would be pretty confident in in playing Fleener if I'm really looking for someone. Yeah, I like it. I I had I had Fleener as we talked about earlier. Uh, I had Fleener on my list as well. I mean, he, he finally hit his potential in a way last week. I know that that Dwayne Allen wasn't there, but Fleener was a favorite among many, including myself, entering the season. Um, but he just couldn't really get it together in the preseason. I, I always picture there, there was, a, there was a, a slant route that he was running, and, and he just didn't look back, and, and, Andrew, and Andrew Luck just hit him in the back with the oh, ball. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it's just horrendous. Uh, so, you know, with, with, with Dwayne Allen, if, if he doesn't play, Fleener's a, almost a must-start at tight end this week. Um, and then the other guy that I, that I have is uh, I'm going to stick with the Cincinnati Bengals tight ends like I did last week, but – uh, I like Tyler Eifert this time, though, more than Jermaine Gresham uh, against against Green Bay. Vernon Davis killed the Packers in week one, and then Washington tight ends last week had six receptions in week two. Um, and the reason I like Eifert this week is because I think there's going to be less tight end targets uh, from Dalton uh, than, than there were against the Steelers. And I think that we're seeing that Eifert's clearly the uh, – the bigger threat, the bigger play guy. Uh, I mean, we, we knew that going into the season. He's much more athletic than Jermaine Gresham is. But uh, I think that Eifert has a chance to get in the end zone this week against Green Bay. So he's, he's, he's another guy to, to pinpoint and look at. He's, he's going to be a really interesting uh, streaming play, I think, throughout the season. Yeah, I mean, look, if he can get that gig full-time, Oh yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be oh. unbelievable. But but the you know the way that the Bengals are running their offense, and it's not a dumb way to run the offense with with uh, Green Ellis and, and Gio Bernard. They're they're taking things slow with their rookies, but I think it's a smarter smarter thing to do because you're you're slowly getting them experience. You're not wearing down bodies, and and you're you're able to um, you know have a, a much more balanced uh, offense that that's going to be more sustainable for the for the length of the season. Yeah, I mean, I guess just fantasy wise, it's frustrating. Yeah, it's frustrating. <laughs> it's frustrating. I mean, look at, I mean, Eifert and Gio Bernard could be, you know, huge fantasy difference makers if they were given a full opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And I, <clears throat> the, the I, I was talking with Sigmund Bloom about this uh, about an hour and a half ago, two hours ago, and and the thing with Green Ellis is that like, you know, we hate him in fantasy football because he's so boring. He's Sean Green on crack and. And it's that's that's not that's a horrible horrible metaphor. But uh, you know, I it, it's super frustrating because it's it's Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, and he's only going to get you three and a half four yards of carry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but really, for the Bengals, it's so so good to have him. It really is. It's going to allow them to throw in Bernard in certain situations and to really throw defenses off, like we saw uh, against Pittsburgh. And, and both those running backs are going to be fresh throughout the game. Yeah. So that 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 to me is why that's happening. I think Bernard might get a bigger role as the season goes on. As with Eifert, Jermaine, I, I would I would argue that that uh, Green Ellis means more to that offense than Gresham does. So I think because of that, I would I would think that Eifert takes over for Gresham before Bernard completely takes over for Green Ellis. 
I, I would agree. And it, you're right. I mean, it is a situation where real football is getting in the way of fantasy. Yeah. But, but I, I thought that they played for fantasy football. They, they, well, they should. Yeah, I don't know what they're thinking. I mean, that's their audience. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, all right. Do you want to rant? Uh, sure. Yeah, of course. I think it's your turn to do it first this week. It is. Uh, I, I have an issue... Uh, and I and I feel like these rants are just becoming complaints. Complaint <laughs> session. I have an issue. But but you know, but look, I'm not gonna like use a rant to to be like I dominate fantasy football because <laughs> I don't. Obviously, I went zero and seven. I'm, I'm a total <laughs> freaking disaster right now. Um, I I ha- I have an issue with with Sunday, um, afternoon tweets, uh, that I see in the the fantasy community. I I really am not being vague here because it's so it's so frequent that um you know to point fingers would be the name like a ton of people and i may have done it once or twice but i try not to the the i told you so's oh my gosh like as action unfolds first of all you want to be careful with those because (laughs) because like you know what what looks to be a disaster like like you mentioned jj uh, uh rg3's fantasy day looked to be a, just a disaster so if if you had disagreed with someone on twitter about his week two prospects you would have looked like, like pretty pretty damn smart uh, at about halftime at that game and mm-hmm. and if you if you talk smack during you know during halftime around halftime you would have looked like an idiot by the end of the game when rg3 is uh what, what did he finish in the top 10? Yeah, yeah, I think he was so, yeah, top 7 any, maybe. Anyway, so the the I told you so is like during the games. I, I mean, I'm not even I'm not cool with them even after because um, I think people will know uh, people will acknowledge that you that you hit something on the head if you did. And yeah. if you were if you were public about it, like if you put your neck out for a guy or against a guy uh, and people re- people will recognize that it it it, it does happen. So I really don't. I don't think that the the Sunday afternoon, like like, ha, your guy was just stopped for a five yard loss. I was right about everything. Is um, is either a necessary or really smart because it could end up just burning you, scorching you later in that day. Oh yeah, the I, the 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 funniest part is when you uh, you get a guy like on Thursday night where Tom Brady had that first touchdown to Aaron Dobson, and I saw people tweeting. That oh it's so stupid that you bench Tom Brady blah 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 look what Tom Brady did oh yeah oh yeah right right uh that 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 was a great example yeah, yeah, um, yeah. where he didn't do anything from from that point no on. he did nothing and, and and it's funny too because that was a broken play that <laughs> that, that that allowed that Dobson touchdown because Dobson wasn't going to score any other way well yeah I mean I oh also um th- that happened. Uh, Adrian Peterson's first carry, which, while you know, was incredibly impressive. I mean, seventy-eight yards in the first carry. It just kind of, it was just like affirmation, I guess, for a lot of people. It's like, yeah, this yeah. Is why you take them first? And I understand why you take them first. But then, um, you know, he he rushed for fifteen yards on his next seventeen carries. Right. So, right. You know, just 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 be careful. Yeah. Guys. Just be that's careful. a good. That's a good a good uh, caution. Word of caution. Yeah. All right. You're a goat. All right, I'm gonna rant about. Uh, it, it's kind of a long. It's kind of the opposite of that, actually. It's it's uh it's ranting about being okay with uh, with admitting defeat. 
Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't think that people realize how much it can take over your fantasy football season when, you know, you love a guy like MJD at the beginning of the year. And, uh, you know, obviously things not good are happening to MJD, but you keep making excuses subconsciously, mostly probably, uh, about that player. But, you know, if you liked MJD, um, you know, those excuses might be, oh, but, but look, he had 28 yards before his injury as if 28 yards matters as if, as if, you know, before Charles Woodson dove over Mount Everest to get Maurice Jones drew on the five yard line, you know, as, as if those 28 yards really meant something, you're just making these excuses to back up this season, this beginning of the season prediction. But like in the end, that's horrible. That's that's terrible. It's time to st- take a step back and, and analyze the game as if you don't own a fantasy team, as if you didn't make any predictions. Mm-hmm. And and you know it's kind of funny too. There was there was such a divide with Terrell Pryor a couple weeks ago, and after his ten or eleven point performance, people are saying I told you so. And and the reason they're saying that is because they their original they want their original opinion to be right. They don't want to just be they don't want to just be right. They just they want. Uh, they, they want their original opinion to be right, which to me is there, that's a huge difference. Instead of saying Terrell Pryor isn't going to do well, you're now saying Terrell Pryor isn't going to do well because I said he's not going to do well. And, and that, that, that to me is a big difference. So, you know, your original, your original opinions don't matter in week two or week three or week four and so on. What matters is that you're actually looking at the game as objectively as possible and you're sharing that, that wisdom to readers. Or otherwise, you're just going to lose those readers if you're going to keep going back to those original predictions. And, and I, I end this with, it's the, the, the typical ESPN thing, where you, you watch analysts on ESPN. Hopefully you're not watching ESPN, but you're watching them on ESPN, and they say, I'm going to pick this team because I picked them to win the Super Bowl. Um, well, yeah. if that team lost their star quarterback, why would you pick them? I mean, yeah. it's, it's so dumb. It doesn't make any sense to me. So try to try to stay away from that and recognize that you're gonna have these these emotional attachments to these players, which is bizarre, but it's true. And uh, this is this is your time to realize that that you need to kind of push away from that. Yeah, I, well well said, well said. And also uh, the just acknowledging that it's a fluid game, you know right. that 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 things things change constantly. I mean, if I if I still Look, if I still felt the same way now about Rob Hausler as I did back in June, right. I'd be I'd be in the, I'd be in ho- a horrible shape. I, you know, I would be losing seven games a week, right? Which I already did. So I guess <laughs> I guess that's uh, I guess oh, I guess that man. doesn't make a difference then. Okay, no, well, it's okay. I went I went four and five last week, so I had a losing record too. Oh wow, <laughs> God, four and five sounds miraculous to me right now. Good lord. <laughs> Oh man, it happens. I'll never be the same. Well, at least your at least your uh your favorite football team, which is none, isn't <laughs> owned two and about to about to be owned three. Right, no, you're right. You're right. My soullessness has paid dividends. That's man. right, that's right. And I have I'm I get to go watch them lose again next week. Oh, I can't believe you're doing that to yourself again. I don't know. I, I got a buddy who's uh who's from Chicago and he lives here in Cincy with me, so we're driving back to Pittsburgh, gonna go to a pirate game on Saturday and do the whole Pittsburgh thing and then he's gonna watch his team beat down on the Steelers. Nice, nice. Yeah. It'll be over, a good time. Over yeah. progies, yes. Over progies and Permani Brothers sandwiches. There it is. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Denny, where can they find you at? 
uh, at CD Carter 13 on uh, Twitter. And I write for the fake football.com four for four.com and XN sports.com. Very How nice. about you? Where are you? I'm, I'm on the Twitter at late round QB. Uh, and I am also at the number fire at number awesome. That's, that's not a, that's not a handle though. That's the actual URL. Yes. And I'm there all the time. Articles posted. I did a 15 transactions article. This my my weekly column that I'm going to try to push out there. It takes a really long time. I, I wish I would have done 10 transactions instead of 15. It does sound like a lot. And I do want to recommend, though, uh, that um, uh, beleaguered David Wilson owners go read uh, JJ's David Wilson article uh, on Number Fire. Uh, Appreciate it. It, uh, it actually is really... Uh, a really really good breakdown and you know not not so much number wise but just kind of play by play series by series it helped me understand you know understand what i saw in in david wilson's second crack to make us not make me not look as stupid as i seem so yeah um so take a look at that and maybe it'll uh, help soothe you a little bit yeah, I mean, for, for your sake, Denny, I know that you have a lot of David Wilson stock. I do think that if that Denver game had happened in week eight, this might be a whole different story because it might have just been a bad game for David Wilson, just the, the way that the game flowed. Yeah. So there's hope. There's there's hope for David Wilson. Right now I'm still benching him, but there's still, I, I, yeah, I there's can't still hope. I cannot blame him right now. No, but he's going to go off this week. You know that. Uh, don't say that. He's going to go off. He's going to. You're going to have 35 points on your bench. I have to see him get more than five touches in a game. No, you're you're making the sound choice. People hate whenever I say, if you made the logical choice, you should feel okay with yourself. They hate oh. it. Oh, because, hate it. Because they're like, no, it's not the right choice because he didn't do better. No, it was the it was the sound choice. Just live with it. It's 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 the the poker mentality. Yes, right. You you can only make choices based on what you know beforehand, not that's what right. the scoreboard says afterward. Good that's Lord. why that's why I love elite receivers. The predictability. So predictable. Yes. So predictable. Let's go Megatron. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, catch us on Twitter. We'll we'll be tweeting a lot and. Uh, We'll probably be tweeting back and forth with each other when one of our tight ends scores this week. <laughs> Celebrating uh, all, all around uh, backpats. <laughs> Last week I ended with uh, Jordan Reed disappointing everyone, so this week I'll end with uh, don't start Tyler Eifert because he's going to disappoint you. Terrible. Take it easy, guys. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the Internet Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out